0: The following message is from the North Shore Christian Center MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about North Shore Christian Center is available at www.nscc.org.au. So if you have your Bibles, would you open to Proverbs 29 verse 18, and we're going to read a very, very famous passage of Scripture that you all know incredibly well. Um, But I suppose it's appropriate to talk about it on Vision Sunday. And I'm not going to take a long time to share the vision because I keep sharing it every single week. But this is what it says in Proverbs 29, verse 19... Verse 18, sorry. It says, "...where there is no revelation, where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law." Where there is no revelation, where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint." In the King James, says, "Without a vision, the people will perish." Then the uh, the message says, "People stumble all over themselves without a vision." Um, the uh, the New Century version of the Bible says, "Without a vision, people are uncontrolled." And the New Living Testament says without a vision people run wild so so what it's 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 important and it's essential that we all have a vision. If you re- if you open your newsletter right on the front page, you know I, I share about three types of people and uh, the people that have no vision, people that have a blurred vision, people that have a clear vision. You can read that in your own spare time. But but it's important that we don't go through life without a vision. Vision is the magnetic pull that keeps us on course. How many of you want to stay on course? Because the Bible says that without a vision, you actually go off course without a vision you run wild without a vision you're uncontrolled without a vision anybody can tell you where to go and you will go to the most convincing speaker the most convincing talker and that's what happens with a lot of people they're dragged here and they're dragged there because they have no clarity of their own vision and so the the latest uh, most convincing speaker is the one that gives them vision. I feel sad for churches that get their vision at the latest conference. Whatever conference they go to, that's that's the new vision of the church. And so every three months, there's a new vision in the church. And that comes because there's no clarity of vision. I want to say to you that the vision of our church has been the same vision for the last 16 years since I've been here. We're still trying to bring God and people together. And the way that we're doing it is still by loving God, growing people and helping others. It hasn't changed it's there it's all about those same passionate things then you say but but John how do I find vision for myself well I'm going to give you the simplest way that anyone can ever teach you on finding vision for yourself how many of you want to know how many of you want to know how to find vision for yourself well here it is here it's so simple your real vision is what excites you let me say it again because it sounds too simple. Your real vision is what excites you. So, so what excites you? When you look, what, what do you look forward to? When you look ahead, what is it that you're passionate about? What do you really want your future to look like? Because if you can express what you really want your future to look like, what excites you, then that becomes your vision. Now, now, what we say to you as Christians is this, is you've got to add the God factor to that. You just can't look into the future and, and, and have your, your future dictated by the materialistic things of this world. Because the materialistic things of this world would want to give you a vision. What we say, you need to Add to that the God factor. What does God say? Hey, I love the way that, that this is now facing me like this. That's great. Because I'm getting more eye contact. That was, uh, that was Drew's idea. Was that Drew's idea? Come on, Drew. Well done, mate. Thumbs up to Drew. Thumbs up to Drew for looking out for that. Your real vision is what excites you. All of the things you. Of all the things you desire, what is it that you want the most? What is it that you're the most passionate about? Because that becomes your vision. And then, and then you say, but God, okay, I, 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 I want to put the God factor on this. And when you put the God factor on it, it becomes your spiritual vision. So, you say, Well, what about you, John? What's your, what's, see, I have a personal vision and I have a vision for our church. How many of you want to know my personal vision? What am I passionate about? I'll tell you what I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about seeing people saved, I'm passionate about seeing people discipled, growing in God and becoming like Jesus. I'm passionate about helping people fulfill their God potential. So, I, I see what I do in life in inspiration inspiring people to fill their God potential. I love inspiring people and what you'll hear from North Shore Christian Centre all the time is that we lift people up in this place whether it be Anne, whether it be me we're always looking to lift people up we're always looking to inspire people we're always looking to encourage people we're always looking to help people fulfill their God potential because that's our vision, that's what we're about, that's what makes us who we are as individuals individuals and we love it i tell you what if if you want to suppress me gag me and stop me from inspiring people if you do that i'll be a miserable person but if you give me room to inspire people if you give me room to encourage people if you give me room to help people find their god-given potential i'm a really happy little pastor I've got money that calls me pastorello. Every time he sees me, he calls me and, and, and it, it, the, the true translation in Italian to pastorello is my little pasta. And isn't that cute? Don't you love that? My little pasta. The, but only he's allowed to call me pastorello, none of you, okay, because he made it up, so you keep it it's his. Okay. I'm not as passionate about growing a big church. As I am passionate about growing big people who can do big things for God. And so when you come to this church, you're not going to find the senior pastor driving, driving. We've got to get a big church. We've got to have more people. (laughs) See, you know, hey, of course we want our church to be more influential. And of course we want our church to grow. And of course we want that. But what I'm more passionate about is to grow big people. You know what? I'd, I'd rather 10 people in righteousness than 10,000 people in unrighteousness. I, I'd, I'd rather... Why is that? Because when I stand before God, He's going to say, what did you do with the people that I gave you? And if I've not led them in righteousness, then I failed. And so, and so the way that you respond to God is a measure of my success as a pastor. And so what I'm going to be sharing with you today is is all about the passion of my life that's brought this church to where it is. And it's not about the new goals and the new things. It's just about exposing my heart to say, this is what North Shore Christian Center is about because this is what my heart is about. And so to put it so simply, and you've heard it before, our vision at North Shore Christian Center is very simply loving God, growing spiritually, helping others let me talk to you about loving god for a little while luke chapter 10 verse 27 says it all it's i think if there's one scripture that we need to get into our spirit it's this one because because jesus was saying this is this is it this is the bible summarized in one verse the whole bible if there was if there's one Verse in the whole Bible that would summarize the whole Bible. It's this verse. It says, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, with all of your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. That's the whole Bible summarized in one verse. That's it. One verse, the whole Bible. You say, What? If I learn that verse, I've learned the Bible? Yes. If you've learned that verse, but boy, it takes a long time to learn that verse. He said, but I can memorize it. No, no, I'm not talking about memorizing it. I'm talking about living it. What Jesus was saying about loving God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, with all of your mind. I wonder how many of us here can honestly say, I can tick all of those off. That's me. With all of my mind, all of my heart, all of my strength, all of my soul. See, the passion of my heart is to make you not God believers. Or oh, that we started God believers. But you know, once you get to God believers, you're at the same level as the devil. You say, what? Because the devil believes in God. So if you're a God believer, and, and some people are not even there yet, some people don't even believe, they're not even at the same level as the devil yet. You say, well, that's a pretty scary thought. Huh? But once you get to God-believer, well, that's it. You're at the same level as a devil. But see, we've got to go beyond God-believer to where? To being a God-lover. And a God-lover is a different breed of person. A God-lover. What's a God-lover? A God-lover is someone who puts God's, puts God's first every in everything. A God-lover. They're, they're, they're just passionate about God. You can tell who a God lover is because every time they open their mouth, God comes up in the conversation. You can tell if someone loves a girl. Why? Because they're constantly talking about the girl. You can tell if, if a guy loves his car because he always talk about his car. You can tell if, if someone loves music because they always talk about music. You can tell if someone loves their job because they're always talking about. Matter of fact, you can tell what someone loves by just listening to their conversation for a few moments. And you can tell what they love because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so is your conversation full of God? Do people know that you you can't be a God lover and keep it secret? There are no secret God lovers. God lovers are all out there. God lovers are all passionate. God lovers are just God lovers. They just love to bring God out of the box and into reality. God lovers don't look to see how close they can get to sin and still get to heaven. They look at how close they can get to God and still stay on earth. That's a God lover. You know, you know, I'll tell you what frightens me. Yeah, tell you you, you want to know what frightens me? When I, when I read statistics, and some of the statistics that I read frighten me. Well, what sort of statistics? When I read the divorce rate, and I find that there is no difference between the divorce rate of Christians and the divorce rate of non-Christians, that frightens me. When I read at the statistics of pornography, and I find that there is no difference in the viewing of pornography by Christians and the viewing of pornography by non-Christians, it's, 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 they're identical figures. That concerns me. Why is that? Because there's got to be something different about Christians than just theology. And, and folks, something has got to transform us. And that's God when he comes into our lives. See, if God only comes into your head, there's no transformation because it's just a philosophy, it's just a thought. But when God comes into your heart, there's got to be transformation because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, the actions manifest. It's what's in your heart that will always manifest. And so if if there's no change in behavior, then maybe you've got God in your head, but you haven't got him in your heart. And that's where the God lovers have got God. They've got him in their heart. And so what I'm looking, I'm looking for authenticity. I'm looking for people whose lives have been transformed. That say what they mean and mean what they say. That walk a walk that's different to the walk of the world. And they know what is what is godliness and they know what is worldliness. And they stay away from that which is worldly Because they're passionate for things that are godly. And that defines a God-lover. And that's what I'm wanting. I'm wanting every single one of you to be a God-lover, to love God. Second thing that is our vision is for us to grow spiritually. I want you to be growing. I don't want you to be little dwarfs. I want you to become giants. And there's this incredible scripture in Ephesians chapter 4 that again, Ephesians 4 basically tells me what my job is as a pastor. Matter of fact, it tells every pastor or prophet or evangelist or teacher or apostle what their job is. And if you read Ephesians chapter 4, it says that, when Jesus ascended, he actually gave gifts to men and he gave some to be prophets and pastors and apostles and teachers and evangelists. And then, and then it describes what their job description is, what a pastor's job description is. And it says, the job description of a pastor... Now, I've added these words in. It's found in the JIV rather than the KJV. Um, it says, the job description of a pastor is for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. See, really, at the end of the day, my job is to make you like Jesus. My job is to motivate you, to stir you, to to do whatever I can, to have you become the full stature of christ where, where, where people look at you and people look at jesus and say i can hardly tell the difference between the two how many of you can say well i'm there I, I, that's me i'm right there right now he said but, but i'm not there yeah but we got to be on the journey for it we, we got to be desiring it we got to have it as a vision we've got to have it as a passion because if it's not even there as a vision as a passion how in the world are we going to get there but see, but see, this is what God desired right from the foundations of the earth, that you might be conformed into the image of Christ. And that's why he sent his son into the world, not only to die for us, but to create a role model. See, we've got a wonderful focus on the death of Jesus, and that's a beautiful focus to have. But what about the words of Jesus? Jesus. What about the words of Jesus in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon of the Mount, where he began to espouse the meaning of the kingdom of God, where he began to espouse what a kingdom person looks like, what a Jesus person looks like. And everybody goes, where do these people come from? We've never heard such teaching. What, turn the other cheek? What, forgive? What, do walk the second mile. What, 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 what sort of people do stuff like that? Jesus people, people that are mature, people that have grown up, people that are not little babies. Give me, give me, give me, all about me, all about my needs. all about me, 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 me. Ah. What is that? What is that? And you know and you, you know what bugs me? preachers that cater for that sort of stuff God only wants to bless you God only wants to prosper you oh you give to my ministry and God will give you a hundredfold back and you'll be rich and you'll be famous and you'll all drive around in in Ferraris and it'll be wonderful, wonderful, wonderful what does it say that in the Bible? I can just remember Jesus saying you're going to have tribulation that's what I can remember Jesus saying that if you're going to follow me you're going to have to share my sufferings hope that doesn't attract people to your church, Pastor John. It'll attract mature people. It's gonna attract people that want to grow. It won't attract little babies that want to stay babies. Because <laughs> people that want to stay babies just want their ears tickled with nice little baby messages, and. Grace, grease, grace. God will forgive you. It's okay. Watch all the porn you like. God will forgive you. Sleep around all you like. God will forgive you. Yeah, go and do all those immoral acts. God will forgive you. Go and steal from your bus. God will forgive you. Oh, he's so gracious and wonderful. What an abomination from the pit of hell. Huh? No, 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 no. God wants you to be like Jesus. And if you're not, then you've got to check your heart to see whether you're really saved. So where do we hear messages like that? At North Shore Christian Center, you'll hear. Why is that? Because I love you too much to not tell you the truth. And my passion is to see you grow. My passion is to see you attain the full statue of Christ. That's my passion. That's my passion. One of the things that Anne was mentioning that just, just appalled me I mean, we, we've got this preacher in America that was exposed for grooming four young men in his church. Grooming four young men. And when they reached 17 years of age, then he'd engage in sexual intercourse with them. Four young men. They kept it hitting. And then what happened is that it was all exposed. They complained. Well, well, well. You'd think that that there'd be tears of repentance. You'd think that there'd be be all sorts of stuff no no they get some fake rabbi to come in to wrap the pastor in a 350 year old Torah a scroll and then pronounce him to be king that can do no wrong and just and just forget about it well everybody forget about it except for the wife who got a bit upset that he that a husband was you know committing homosexual acts with young men who decided to divorce and so, well, what do we do with someone? Oh, well, just give him a bit of a break and, and come back. Why? Because God forgives. God is a forgiving God. Of course he is, but there are always consequences to sin. And let me tell you something. You can't sin and, and, and think that you can stay on a platform to lead a people in righteousness without going through a whole season of restoration. Now, let me tell you, I'm a big believer in forgiveness, But I'm also a big believer in restoration. And when someone is broken, they can't be leading the ship. They need to go into the hospital to get healed. And in the hospital, they get removed from all responsibility so that they can be ministered to. We don't shoot our wounded. We heal them. But we certainly don't allow them to stay responsible for leading the sheep we're supposed to be healthy hello see this is about growing this is about maturity this is about you and and i desiring to come into the fullness of christ to become like jesus growing and it's got to be a passion i want to grow i want to be like jesus i want to mature I want to be all that God wants me to be. That is my passion. That is my destiny. And if God desires to bless me with material things, that's fine. But I'm not having it in my heart. Anne and I started ministry 31 years ago with that whole motto. Got to keep materialism. Got to keep money out of your heart. Because if you do, God will keep it in your pocket." And so we decided, God, you keep it out of our heart. So we make never, ever, ever make any. Matter of fact, all of the stuff that I produce is free of charge. I've just produced a church health seminar that we are distributing right around the country free of charge. Matter of fact, I've pushed this so hard in our state executive. I said, not only do we want our pastors to get the material free of charge, but we want to feed them as well. So, we want them to come to a free conference where they don't pay one cent, they get fed, they get the material. I go and teach the whole thing done for free. And people are saying, How does that happen? And I'm thinking, Why shouldn't it happen like that? It's like there might be something wrong in the camp when doing something for free is almost seen as suspicious. What's the catch? no catch freely we received freely we give you know you know sometimes we we got to cover expenses i understand that but let's cover expenses let's let's make it to cover expenses and if people can't well, well let's talk about that and someone else will cover their expenses we, we we've got to do it but but what happened to the heart of freely you have received freely give see that's a sign of maturity that's a sign of growing up where do you hear messages like this North Shore Christian Centre. That's where you hear messages like this. Okay, number three. Oh, my goodness. You're saying, man, I came to hear vision. You're getting it. This is the vision of our church. Oh, you thought you were going to get all these growth goals. Not here. We're talking vision. And growth is God's responsibility. Our responsibility is just get the people healthy. Just get the atmosphere healthy. And growth will happen if you get things healthy. I can't make things grow. Neither can you. Because God makes things grow. But what you can do is make things healthy and create health around wherever your plants are. And so those of you that have got green fingers, you can't make things grow more than anybody else. You understand the principles of if if I create health around the plant, it'll grow. Because God is the one that makes things grow. And here's number number three, as Steve comes up. And that is helping others. Folks, <laughs> one of the signs of maturity is helping others. Matthew 25, 34 to 46. Jesus separates the, the, the sheep from the goats. And they say, well, what's the difference? The difference is who helped who. And the whole thing is... That the sheep, the ones that Jesus loves, are the ones that feed the hungry, nourish the thirsty, welcome the stranger, clothe the naked, pray for the sick, visit the prisoner. There's just something about people that help others. It's the first sign of maturity, helping others. Come on. You see it in little kids. As soon as they start helping their little brother and sister, you say, oh, my goodness. Look at them. They're awesome. They're growing, helping others. What a beautiful thing. And I've learned that nobody can truly help others without first helping themselves. It's one of the greatest things that you can do. Do you know what? Just, just this past week, I had a conversation with one of my lecturers at, at, the, at the college, who's a quadriplegic. And he's saying to me, "John, I'm a quadriplegic, but what I want to do, I want to use what's happened to help others. I'm just, I've learned so much about the theology of suffering through my quadriplegia. I said, wow, what a thing it is. What a wonderful thing it is. We don't ever want people that are sick to feel embarrassed in coming to church. Because oh only only healthy people ought to come to this church. No, no. Come as you are, come sick, come maimed, come hungry, come naked. Well, not naked. I mean we'll clothe you if you come naked. <laughs> well we we got some clothes, I think, in Lost Property. Straight away. Okay, hosts, you got that. As soon as they walk in those doors, just tackle them, put the clothes on and done. We'll take that one off, quick smart, you know, done. <laughs> Because it's our job to minister to people. You know, and I really believe that one of the reasons, and God can heal everybody immediately, but what that does, it removes any responsibility from you to minister to people. And we'd love God to do that. We'd love God just to, done, wow, wow, everybody, 100% healthy, 100% wealthy, all done. Let's all go to heaven. No. We've got this process of, let's do the journey with people while they're waiting on their miracle can we love them can we care for them can we reach out to them because Jesus said by this shall all men know you're my disciples by the love that you show one another helping one another helping, 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 helping I really believe this that once you've settled in our church every single person needs to put up the hand and say what can I do to help somebody else And I'm a happy pastor because that's our vision. That's our vision. Just two more things just to finish. That is last year our special emphasis was on the under 30s. That was our special emphasis, and we employed Chris and Carissa to make sure that that thing was emphasized. And and, and I look across here, and I say, wow, that was a wonderful success. The under-30s in our church are just full of life and energy, and I was watching them today jumping up and down and dancing before the Lord, and I just felt like one happy pastor. Even watching Helen dancing up and down made me an even happier pastor. And I'm thinking, come on. I love that. When Anne and I went away at the beginning of the year, one of the things that I felt the Lord said to us is in 2012, put special emphasis on prayer and evangelism. Prayer and evangelism. And both of these are on three levels. So, so, whether it be prayer and evangelism, we have the corporate level of prayer. And that's where we gather together. So, once a month, we gather, gather together to, to pray. And, you know, I'd love, I would love. To come to a prayer meeting and see as many people at a prayer meeting at Sunday morning church wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that Helen, wouldn't that be awesome? Huh? you'd be ready to go to heaven then. Uh, just wonderful to have that, just this corporate aspect of prayer where we all pray together and we did that this morning and we'll constantly be, be doing that, just increasing the prayer. but then there's the second level is the small groups getting together to pray. And so he's Sam, without even me asking him, getting here and saying, Monday morning, 9.30, turn up, because Helen and I appear to pray. Anybody else is welcome. Well, we've got men's prayer groups and women's prayer groups and youth prayer groups and all sorts of prayer groups right across the church where, where people pray as small groups. And if you want to pray in a small group, then talk to Helen, because she will be thrilled. She'll even hug you for wanting to do that. Well at least give you a handshake or something, maybe a wave. But uh, but just the whole thing of prayer. And then personal prayer, you can't leave the third level, which is personal prayer, where you pray personally, where where every day you're in the presence of God, just worshiping and praying and interceding and praying for people. Don't leave that third level out. And the same for evangelism. See, we're doing evangelism on the same three levels. Corporate evangelism, where, where, where we preach the gospel every Sunday but then the small groups just doing evangelism and, and Alpha is a classical exa- example of small group evangelism you know 15, 16, 17 people get together and they say what can we do to evangelize people and so they run the Alpha program and, and if you're interested in running a small group we've got a new Alpha course that's a lot shorter and a lot uh, simpler that we can get you to run in your small group and just as, as an evangelism tool to reach others And then there's the third level, which is personal evangelism. And so what we've done is that we've put one of these tracks, one of these tracks on your seat. So you say, what is that track? That is a a beautiful little track for you to give to someone this week. I just would love for you just to grab hold of this track. And it's just one that I've written, How Good Do You Have to Be to Get to Heaven? Because every Australian that I know thinks that they're going to heaven. And so the question is, well, how good do you have to be to get to heaven? And so then it says, well, do the test. And the test simply says, you know, have you ever told a lie, even a white lie? And most people that tell the truth (laughs) will say, yeah, at one stage I have. Yep. Have you ever stolen anything, even something small, a toothpick or a safety pin or a pen or a pencil? Yep. Yep. Have you ever hated someone, even for a moment? Oh, that person that cut me off this morning. I wanted to kill him. Have you ever deliberately hurt anyone even once? Yeah. Well, then... You failed the goodness test and the Bible tells us that if anybody's failed, they can't get to heaven. That's the bad news. But the good news is that Jesus made a way for us so that we can get to heaven. Read all about it here in the goodness test and in, in this track. There's just a great little track to give to people in your evangelism and your sharing the gospel. And I'd love for this year for all of you just to be involved in that. Can I pray for you? Father, I just want to thank you for every single person in this auditorium, Lord. I thank you for their lives. I thank you for their passion. I thank you for their commitment. I thank you for their contribution. And now, Lord, I just pray blessing upon them. Lord, as a church, we just want to love you passionately. We want to go beyond believing in you. We want to be the God lovers. Lord, help us to grow. Help us to grow spiritually. Help us to go beyond where we were last year. Help us, Lord, to be able to to have victory over the temptations that face us. Help us, Lord, not to stay at the same level but constantly growing. And, Lord, help us to be a blessing to people wherever we go, Lord. Help us to be a blessing to our neighbors. Lord, let our neighbors declare to the community, we are so blessed to be living next door to so-and-so. They are the best neighbors that anybody could ever have. Help us, Lord, to be like that at work with our workmates. Where our workmates say they are the best people you could ever work with. Wherever we go, Lord, helping people, helping people, helping people, Lord. Help us to be like that. And Lord, help us to be a blessing wherever we go. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said... Thanks for listening to this message from the North Shore Christian Centre Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at www.nscc.org.au. Through our website, you can keep up to date with what's happening in the life of our church in Chatswood, New South Wales, as well as accessing other free resource materials.